You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Big Review Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Chris Flum. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Only one show this week, so I should be feeling pretty good. Yeah, not a lot going on. We've had some OTAs, about one open to the media over the past week. Minicamp starts in the beginning of June, so we're kind of in that in-between time when things are still happening. So as we do that, today we're going to just talk about some of the younger players we think either could or kind of need to break through to the next level in terms of their play for 2019. We're going to focus on some of the, the younger players. The Giants last year per football outsiders were ranked 19th in its snap weighted age, which as that name would suggest, kind of weights each player's age by the snaps they played. They were 19th, they were 14th on offense, they were 21st on defense. I think they'll probably stay around that area and they've gotten younger at some positions, but older at some other places like a right tackle. We got Antoine Bethay, who's going to be significantly older at free safety. So I think they'll they'll be around the same, but I think there has been an influx of younger players on this team. So today we're going to talk about the, the guys who could break out or the guys who kind of need to break out for the Giants to be a successful team in 2019. Yeah, yeah. The Giants have been bringing in veterans, and they hope those guys can kind of provide some structure in the locker room and on the roster for their younger guys to learn and develop. But that all kind of hinges on those young guys actually developing and stepping up and making an impact just going forward. So with minicamp just around the corner, uh, the Giants will be having theirs from the 4th through the 6th, so just next week. We thought it'd be a good time just take a look at some of those guys. Yeah, and some of these guys are going to be new additions. Some are guys who have been on the roster for a little bit. So let's just dive in. And Chris, let's get to the first guy you want to talk about. Yeah, my first one is a guy I've brought up a few times. I sometimes think I might be his only fan and supporter among the Giants fandom in media, and that is linebacker B.J. Goodson. I think especially since Alec Ogletree came in, came onto the team, Goodson has been something of a forgotten man. But I also think he might be the Giants' best linebacker. We've known since he was coming out, and especially Clemson's game against Notre Dame, he can play downhill. He plays the run very well. He is really good at you know, attacking offensive linemen, stacking and shedding, getting himself clean, and then making a play on the running back. He is legitimately great at that. But I think he is also overlooked as a coverage linebacker. 
I mentioned on our last show, he was actually the best linebacker in coverage in the NFC East and one of the best players in coverage. Now, granted, that is a small sample size for him because the Giants took him off the field quite a bit in passing situations. But he wasn't exploited, or at least wasn't exploited often when he was on the field. And in the NFL nowadays, just about every situation is a passing situation. Also, also, he's entering a contract year, and if he wants to either remain a New York Giant or get a decent second contract, he's going to have to break out. He's going to have to, you know, kind of reemerge as a viable starting inside linebacker. Yeah, so he was certainly less active in a pass role than Alec Ogletree was. Uh, I'm looking at Sports Info Solutions charting right now. They have Alec Ogletree with 397 coverage snaps. Goodson had 210. But not as big a difference in targets. Ogletree saw 38. Goodson saw 26. Ogletree allowed a 65.8% completion percentage. Goodson was 61.5. 5.58 yards per target for Goodson. Ogletree was 6.42. So Goodson, I think you can argue, was much better than Ogletree, especially in the beginning of the year. So I, I agree that Goodson should be able to get more opportunity in that role. The thing is, the Giants are apparently very firm believers in Alec Ogletree. In the games he played, he was on the field for 100% of the snaps. But we saw there was, I mean, even before we saw this year that there were some lapses in coverage, that was kind of his thing with the Rams. There were going to be lapses in coverage. So I think Goodson should have the ability to play that role more, especially since we don't really know what Ryan Conley is going to be. Like Nate Stupar isn't going to be that guy. So the Giants do still have that need as a coverage linebacker. And I think Goodson has the ability to do that if they allow him to be on the field in those situations yeah and also from the Giants perspective and for a longer term perspective if Goodson can step up and establish himself in that role as just an every down linebacker that they can trust to do his job be where he's supposed to be be disciplined in his zone coverages but not slavish to the zone basically just be smart and aware about it which is what you need in zone coverage that could give them the option of moving on from Ogletree and that contract of his, which they would have to eat some dead money, but that's that would still be a great contract to get out from underneath. Right. I mean, that's probably not going to happen until after the 2019 season. The Ogletree is fairly cuttable, just 3.5 million dead money after the 2019 season. So I wouldn't expect him to be on the 2020 roster in either case. But for 2019, I think also the ability to have Goodson as that coverage linebacker might open up Ogletree a little more to be a blitzer, which is one of the places where he can excel. That's one of the places he's been pretty good at during his career. He has a fairly high pressure rate when he does blitz, and that was from last year from his time with the Rams. Uh, He was a pretty good blitzer. So I think if you can get Goodson to have more coverage responsibilities, you let Ogletree blitz a little more, that's going to help with a pass rush that we don't know 
or what it's going to look like with the edge rushers as a question. So if you allow Ogletree to blitz a little more and you still have that coverage ability at linebacker when you have the two of them on the field at the same time, then I think that opens up the defense more in general. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, while we're kind of in that vein, why don't we go to your first one? Yeah, so my guy is going to be... I don't know if we're going to say the the biggest acquisition, but probably just the most where the Giants defense kind of revolves around. And that's, that's Jabril Peppers. And my outlook on what Peppers is this year is for this defense to be good and what they want to do, Peppers basically has to be what the Giants have been promoting him as. And that is like Landon Collins with better coverage. We've talked about this multiple times. I I don't see that. I I don't think he is better than Landon Collins, even in coverage. If you look when uh, something I wrote for Big Blue View, when really the the trade first happened, I broke down what Antoine Bethay and what uh, Jabril Peppers could bring to the defense. And when you look at some of the coverage metrics, Collins and Peppers had similar like yards per target allowed and things like that. But when you look to what led to those numbers, you saw a lot of Landon Collins having to make up for what other players on the defense weren't doing. Uh, so I think that impacted his coverage numbers a lot. And then you saw with Jabril Peppers was just getting beat like one-on-one in the red zone by tight ends. And that is a problem to me. And I don't think he was nearly as good in the other areas of the field that Collins was. So for this defense to be what it needs to be, for the Giants to be as happy with the Odell Beckham trade, because that has to be part of it, Jabil Peppers was reportedly the sticking point in how that trade happened. Dave Gettleman specifically asked for Peppers. So if Peppers is not the player the Giants expect him to be, I think that's going to be a big problem for the defense and the team overall. Oh, absolutely. When you make him almost the linchpin of a trade of that magnitude, where you're parting with your best offensive weapon and your best pass rusher, you need basically that one guy you know that one guy you ask specifically for to pan out and for the giants they need him to pan out especially in coverage it just looking at last year the giants ran one of the highest rates of cover one which is a man coverage scheme and they need their box safety to basically hold up in coverage and Sometimes he'll be in coverage on running back. Sometimes he'll be covered on tight ends. Sometimes he'll be in coverage on slot receivers. That's why they specifically got Peppers, and they need him to step up and pan out and really just show it was that it was Greg Williams who was holding him back, not that he has been a disappointment as a first-round pick. Yeah, I and mean, Pe- Peppers has been fine. He's been okay. That's not what the Giants traded for. And maybe the Giants are right. Maybe they are correct that they have projected Peppers to be better than what he was in Cleveland. But right now that is a projection because based on 
what he has done over his first two years in Cleveland, and that does not match up with what the Giants have been selling Peppers as. And, and if he gets there, then good job on the Giants for getting him to that place of what they think he can be. Right now, I don't believe he is that player. So whether he is or not, is just going to be such a big part of, of what this defense is for 2019, for 2020, as he ends his, his rookie deal, because then you have to start figuring it out down the line there. So I, I just think Jabril Peppers might be one of probably like the most important defensive player just because of the situation he's in and the situation that brought him to the team to begin with. Yeah, definitely. And I'm actually going to skip ahead on my list a little bit and stay in the defensive secondary or let's just say the back seven and i'm going to say sean chandler you know undrafted free agent safety last year he managed to get on the field and he wasn't bad he wasn't great you know he wasn't he didn't have a rookie season like andrew adams had where it took a position that was you know one of concern and just made it okay but for what he was, he was okay. And the Giants do like a safety with a cornerback background, which is what Chandler is. I do wonder a little bit if they don't want Jabril Peppers to be kind of a pseudo linebacker, almost like a Dalen Buchanan type player, and perhaps move Alec Ogletree off of that money backer role in the defense. Because just thinking back, both James Betcher and Dave Gettleman talked about meeting with Peppers as he was coming out of Michigan in the draft. Well, that year, the NFL actually had him work out at the Combine as a linebacker. Yet He chose to stay the extra day and work out with the defensive backs, which probably scored him a lot of points around the league. But if enough NFL evaluators viewed him as a linebacker that they had him work out with the linebackers at the combine i do kind of have to wonder if gettleman and betcher weren't among them so if chandler could step up as the box safety give them you know maybe a little bit of that big nickel versatility that would be good for the defense and that would also be good for him as a player as well yes and i think that's something that we mentioned in our last episode of just in general having a high rate of plays with just a lot of defensive backs on the field. Having maybe three down linemen have, you know, Love, Jenkins, Beal, Baker on the field. Have, you know, Peppers as a pseudo linebacker. Have Bethay deep. Then have like Ogletree and Golden as the two linebackers on the field. Or, you know, Lorenzo Carter instead of Golden. Like something like that where you can just have this versatile you know, place. And, you know, if you want to take out like love and put in a Chandler or or a Michael Thomas. I think that is something that could open up the defense and just give a lot of ability to to move all those guys around. I think that's that's going to be a key to the defense. And so someone like Chandler who can potentially be a guy like that who can play that safety role, can maybe move up into a nickel a little bit, moving those guys around. I think Grant Haley can be in that position. Julian Love can be in that position. So someone like that getting around and and just opening up all these possibilities for the Giants to deploy this personnel, I think that's how the defense becomes successful in 2019. 
Yeah, and also, I, as you mentioned, when the Giants acquired him, Peppers has blitzed a lot, even just in his young career. He was one of the most blitzed secondary players in the league last year, I believe. And considering just how James Betcher wants to call a defense, the moves we've seen this year, that definitely could be in the plan going forward. Yeah, so he was tied with Jamal Adams for the most pass rushes as a safety. He was not nearly as effective as Adams was as a blitzer, but he was sent on a high rate. So that is, again, a possibility of what he can do here. And if you have someone like Chandler step up and you can have that three safety look, you can move Peppers down in the box more, you can send him and then still have two deep guys playing. I think that, again, that's just part of this versatility that I think the Giants are going to probably play with a lot in the preseason, probably play with a lot in training camp, play with a lot in the beginning of the season to figure out what works and what doesn't. Because of just the the talent on this team, Not there's no, no standout guy. So playing this mix and match and, and giving Giving the offense just no idea what's going to happen when these guys are on the field, I think that's where the Giants could gain their competitive advantage. That might be where they almost have to get their advantages from. And with the pass rush, why don't you finish it off with your guy? Yeah, so my second guy is just, I think the guy who probably needs to step up a little bit showed a little bit of... I showed flashes last year, and that's Lorenzo Carter. Uh, he's going to be his second-year guy. He was decent rushing the passer last year. I think he was someone who's super athletic, and that's something James Betcher is going to bet on, and that's something he probably hopes to continue to mold. I think one of the, the things with all of these linebackers and the edge rushers uh, together is Carter does have that ability to play that off-ball linebacker a little bit, so maybe you see him in coverage a little more. That also could help that, that B.J. Goodson Alec Ogletree dynamic if you have Carter who can stay in coverage a little more, but obviously his biggest impact is going to be rushing the passer. You want to see him develop there a little bit more than than he did last year. There were some flashes. Um, he did have some good pass rush snaps. You want him to get a little more technique, just learn to be a pass rusher because like we've said about him at, at Georgia and some of those other Georgia linebackers, they're not always you know full-time edge rushers. They, they kind of play both roles. So if you are going to have him be more of a, a full-time pass rusher and he almost has to be if you're looking at the the depth at the position of which there's a lot of players but I wouldn't say there's a lot of depth so you almost have to have someone like Carter really step up and become that dominant player off the edge or at least just impactful player from a consistent snap to snap basis for the pass rush to really work definitely you know with with Olivier Vernon gone that almost leaves Lorenzo Carter as the guy who has to step up and be that edge one, just their ace pass rusher who can scare offenses, who can beat offensive tackles, who can generate pressure and really set up the rest of the front seven. I know there's 
a lot of hope about Marcus Golden, you know, returning to his 2016 form. But yeah, as you mentioned, a lot of the hope about Carter developing is just his raw athleticism. He is a ridiculous athlete for his size and for the edge position in the NFL. Golden did have a really good 2016 season, but he was also playing with Chandler Jones and Clayus Campbell. And that season almost kind of came out of nowhere from him. Even going back to his time at Missouri, he he was never a dominant pass rusher. Coaches always liked him because of his work ethic. He would out he would try to outwork everybody. But just as an athlete at the edge position, which again is one of those positions where there is an athletic premium. You know, people say they want football players, not athletes, but at some of these positions, you know, definitely edge, definitely cornerback. Not so much the uh, positions where athleticism is typically glorified, like wide receiver or running back. But at those defensive positions, you need to be a premium athlete to have long-term success. So, you know, that's not to disparage Golden at all. You know, he very well could come back to being a good pass rusher. But at least for the Giants in the short term... Their better hope is that Carter really kind of polishes his game, learns how to really use his tools, and then he can unleash that athleticism as a pass rusher. Right. And the thing is, that's a a big ask for someone like Carter, who was a third-round pick. And when he was drafted, he was not expected to be this type of player. The expectation on him was not to be the leader of a pass rush. I mean, the same thing for Golden. We you can keep bringing up those 12 and a half sacks, but that's also a big ask for him to come back and be that type of player. So you kind of almost have to rely on one of those guys. You know, Carter is much younger. And so you would kind of hope that is, that is the sense there. So he had 245 pass rush snaps last year uh, per uh, Sports Info Solutions. Uh, he rushed on 87% of his pass snaps. He had a pressure rate of 8.57%. That was third on the team for players with at least 100 pass rushes. Kareem Martin had a better pressure rate than Carter did. Olivier Vernon had a significantly better pressure rate than, than Carter did at 11.8%. So you kind of just, you hope that's there. I mean, uh, Carter was just slightly better than Connor Barwin, who had a pressure rate of 8.0% on 149 uh, pass rushes. So uh, there's there's some room for improvement there, and it's probably going to have to be a massive step up for Carter to really be that impact defensive disruptor on on a down-to-down basis, but that's partly the position the Giants have put themselves in at edge going into this season. Yeah, it it really kind of is. I It's not a great position. Hopefully their likely plan of relying on the Blitz to create confusion and scheme that pressure pays off. But you do also want to have that natural pass rush where you can drop seven in coverage and have your four-man rush beat the offense's five-man protection. And if the Giants want that to happen, they're going to need Carter to just keep developing and, like I'm saying, just step up. 
Yeah, and I think all of these things together, we've talked about all all of these guys on the defensive side of the ball, and you kind of need at least one of them to step up, probably two, uh, for this defense to really take a step forward in 2019. I think we haven't really discussed the offense much because for the most part, I think the offense is... It is what it is. We know what we're going to get from from most of these guys. I don't know how much we can expect uh, these players to step up. Maybe if Evan Ingram gets used correctly, which we have brought up so many times. Um, I mean, the, the offensive line, we've just previously talked about with Brandon Thorne. I mean, it's probably going to be fine. And that's, I think, okay. That's probably a big step up from what it was last year. But... As we, I think, round this out, this is going to be the last position we talk about. And arguably, right now, I'm thinking this might be the most important position battle on the team. And that is whoever comes out as the number three receiver. I know you you wanted to talk about Corey Coleman and Cody Latimer. Those are probably the two favorites to win this spot. I'm not really sure I care who is that number three receiver, but I think the Giants just need someone to come out and be that number three receiver and make the Giants think they need to have that third receiver on the field. And they did that for a, you know a, uh, a significant amount of snaps. Last season, they were in 11 personnel, which is three receivers, one running back, one tight end. And they use that 57% of the time. So the majority of their snaps is significantly less than what they have used in the past. I think the the problem is they they pass so often from that, about 73% of the time. And I think the the biggest thing, you want to be good passing the ball from a, a pass formation. The Giants were about average there uh, last year. So from 11 personnel, the Giants averaged uh, just 65.3% completions, 7.18 yards per attempt, and just 0.00 expected points added per attempt. And that is, that's not great. The average was uh, league-wide 0.02. So Giants were a little below average from 11 personnel. And that's not good when that's something you do the most often. The Giants had... Of 439 dropbacks from 11 personnel. So you want to have a number three receiver who elevates that passing personnel. But I think possibly more importantly, especially the way the Giants are set up, is to make the Giants believe they need to have that third wide receiver on the field in general so they can run from that formation more. There's been so many studies, and I've been posting some things on Twitter over the past couple days of how running from 11 personnel is is good. That's the most effective way to run the ball. When you are spreading the defense out, you're forcing the defense to not stack the box. And so there's more open lanes. There's more space to run. So the Giants last year had only 148 attempts from 11 personnel. They averaged 0.03 expected points added per attempt. So they were better running the ball from 11 personnel then they were passing the ball from 11 personnel, yet still from 11 personnel, 73% of the time they pass. So this is just some of the, the tendency breakers we see. The Giants should be trying to run the ball more from this personnel package. And I think having that third receiver on the field, having someone they feel worthy of being on the field 
for a majority of the snaps is going to help the running game almost as much as it helps the passing game. And for a team that wants to be established the run, and we can discuss whether that's flawed or not, <laughs> if you're going to do that, you want to do it from a personnel package that's going to make that advantageous. And the 11 personnel package is where that's going to come from. Yeah, that's that's a big reason why I kind of focused on Corey Coleman and Cody Latimer. Just of the more or less horde of receivers behind Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate, those two guys probably have the best ability to get deep and force the defense to cover the whole field, to defend the whole field. You know, they're both excellent athletes. In his draft class, Corey Coleman had the seventh highest spark score, and Latimer had the fifth highest spark in his draft class. You know, these guys have athleticism to burn, you know, not just speed, but they have explosiveness, they've got agility, they can do these things. And the Giants need to have somebody who gives them at least the threat of a vertical game just to force defenses to respect that and not stack the box every snap. Now, I would say I am not opposed to defenses stacking the box every snap if the Giants are going to throw the ball. That's kind of the uh, flip side of the coin from what you were saying, which was basically the Los Angeles Rams offensive model where you just go 11 personnel 99% of the time, spread the defense out, try to get six-man boxes, and then run the ball. With a guy like Todd Gurley or, in the Giants' case, Saquon Barkley, who averaged, I believe it was 6.7 yards per carry against a six-man box, that almost makes the running game as efficient as the passing game. However, if the Giants aren't going to force the defense to defend the whole field and they stack the box, well, then you just throw. Because then you've got, you know, eight guys close to the box, which basically leaves three out in space. So if you have a third receiver who can exploit that, or if the Giants say go with, again, change their tendencies with regards to Evan Ingram and actually use him vertically instead of three and five yard crossing routes, then you can get those explosive plays through the air while the defense is just trying to defend the run. Yeah, and that's the thing. And this, you know, one of the things we've we've brought up is spread to run, and then you can condense to pass. It's something I I just shared on Twitter this the past week of going through just 2018 runs by personnel, and this is league wide. And this is kind of contrary to you know what a lot of of football people expect you think adding tight ends to the field and getting heavier helps you in the run game uh, but that's not true in 11 personnel there were over there were just under like 6700 rushing attempts from 11 personnel last year league wide the league average yards per carry was 4.98 0.05 EPA per attempt and a positive play percentage of 47% switch a wide receiver for a tight end, go to 12 personnel, or about 2,600 attempts, the yards per carry goes down to 4.38, the EPA per attempt goes down to negative 0.04, and the positive play percentage goes down to 42.6%. 
switch out for another tight end. You go to 13 personnel, which is three tight ends on the field. There were 756 rushing attempts last year. Yards per carry goes down to 3.21. EPA per attempt goes down to 0.22. Positive play percentage goes down to 30.7. So the heavier you get, the harder it is to run. Part of that is you're inviting more defenders into the box. So like we said, you want that third wide receiver to be good at being a wide receiver, but also just the ability to have that guy on the field and have the defense respect that throw makes the running game easier. And I do think just at this point, especially the way the Giants are set up right now, having a good number three receiver is going to be more impactful for the running game than it is going to be for the passing game. And it's still going to have an impact on the passing game, but you kind of expect that. But the added benefit to what they're going to do in the run game to put you in the most efficient way to run the ball, which is something we know the Giants want to do. So it just, you want to continue seeing that and putting the Giants in a more advantageous position to run the ball and just having that third wide receiver there that like having Pat Shermer think this guy should be on the field that's going to be I think the the biggest impact on the offense whether that is Coleman or Cody Latimer or whether that's you know, Darius Slayton, who uh, just got drafted, whether that's you know, Reggie White, who uh, is the undrafted free agent, uh, whoever that is, just having a wide receiver who is worthy of being on the field for a majority of the plays is going to be a big impact for the Giants. Yeah, and I that just about says it all. Yeah, it does. And and we'll see if any of those guys are worthy. There's a possibility that none are. The Giants remain heavy in 12 personnel, and they're going to continue to run from that, and that probably stunts the run game a little bit. So we have minicamp coming up, and then we're you know into training camp in July. So we'll continue to see just how all of this evolves. But right now, we can just kind of talk about what the effects could be. So we will be back next week as probably just before minicamp opens or as minicamp opens, uh, we'll see exactly what our schedule is going to be next week. Uh, So we're going to end this show here. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can find our work on bigreview.com. You can follow Big Blue View on Twitter at Big Blue View. Follow Big Blue View on Instagram at Big underscore Blue underscore view. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Raptor MKII. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Call mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. 
it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.